going. But yes. Yes. So, Amber, will you give us a countdown? Hi. <laughs> I've been practicing. And here we are with the mid-level show. Welcome back. This is episode two, season one of what will hopefully go to a friend's record-breaking season 10. And I cannot wait. Um, I really did. We were just talking before we started recording about how awesome this concept is. Um, and kudos to my mom and my brother for thinking of this but a mid-levels perspective on the doctor's note which is put out by dr rogers our supervising physician with performance medicine and we have amber kara and myself online fran is going to be joining us next time uh where we are the mid-levels representing all three locations literally here we are uh i was going to say here we are for the tri-cities but knoxville is not tri-cities but we've we're here we are for representing east tennessee including Dollywood, my favorite part. So um, today's, today's actually, I really liked this doctor's note. I loved last week's on mm -hmm. um, uh, just the psychiatric symptoms, the anxiety produced by COVID. This week has a flare dedicated towards obesity, the biggest risk factor for developing um, really symptoms and disease state from the COVID infection. And to me, I don't know what y'all thought, but I'm not surprised. I'm just not surprised by that. Are you guys surprised? No, because oh, obesity leads to so many other comorbidities, hypertension, type 2 diabetes, high cholesterol. Um, so it didn't surprise me. Yeah. I was a little surprised at the fact that it was six times higher than, and it was the second greatest risk factor, I think, next to age, you know, elderly being right. at most risk. I, I found it surprising that it literally was beyond uh, smoking, beyond uh, any pulmonary secondary issue. You know, I because I, I guess because we see a lot of the respiratory complications, I thought that would be uh, maybe a second or third, right. but obesity was number two. It's mm -hmm. it's. It's nuts. What's nuts to me was actually did surprise me was how much of I think it's I have it up here. 5% of obesity is actually addressed and treated and, and people are on medication for oh, how no. often. And, and I've been very lucky to I've, I've had different experiences uh, outside of, be, of being a physician's assistant in different types of clinics. I've, I've been lucky in the sense that I've always been a part of performance medicine because of my family connection with it. Mm. It would be unheard of if we did not address, and that's the same, if, if not, none of us, including Dr. Rogers, did not address weight in the room. But how mm. often in your clinical experience prior to performance medicine are we really focusing on intervention i mean care in the er how i mean there's no time to i mean no yeah. exactly I, well, I can remember um you know going to the doctor and if the doctor was obese then it was kind of a catch-22 if they were to say something and then really all that i ever got was diet and exercise diet. Mm -hmm. what does that mean there wasn't really any teaching um there was um, one um office here had a nutritionist on staff and I know of an endocrinologist that also has like a dietitian, nutritionist um, to teach the patients, but they really, you know, being able to refer to somebody like that just to teach people, they don't understand, you know, you say, oh, low carb. Well, what does that mean? 
Oh, just that part. What does that mean? I I even had a patient that came in. uh, This patient had gotten a call from her primary care, and they all they said on a message machine was, "You have type two diabetes. You're going to start metformin. You take it twice a day. We'll see you in three months." And she scheduled an appointment to ask us what a what metformin was, how it worked why mm-hmm. this patient had type 2 diabetes and what it was. A lot of that is just explaining and just having the time to sit down and explain, which I feel like is a really uh, good benefit. And what we have is good training within the mid-levels with MPs and PAs. I feel like we're trained to really sit and talk. Mm-hmm. So that's where I feel like we do a good job. But Amber, Amber, what do you think about untreated, untreated obesity? Well, I myself was one of those guilty ones that was a provider. I was at a neurosurgery office in pain management. And so the majority of my patients there with back pain, whether they were post-surgical, I mean, when I say post-surgical, they had had surgery in the past, or maybe some that were just there with back pain um, that had never had surgery, weren't candidates for surgery. Lots of those were obese and lots of those people weren't eligible for surgery because of their obesity. So they were on pain medications um, because they were at too much high risk. And I, there were times, especially prior to be, to working uh, with Dr. Rogers at performance medicine, I would almost skirt the issue. I it's, it's something that I didn't want to be offensive uh, to these patients and to say, you know, maybe your back pain is because of your weight and maybe your joint issues and coming to, to, uh, performance medicine, uh, Dr. Rogers has really helped kind of hone that skill of addressing the issue Mm -hmm. without offending the patient, looking at the metabolic disease process, looking at how we can treat and help these people and, and all the different avenues. You bring up a great point that just that type of patient that you're seeing in the clinic, a lot of times it's not their fault. A lot Mm -hmm. of the times with obesity, it's almost like a snowball effect that just builds Mm -hmm. on each other. And a lot of it does come from a metabolic syndrome. But a lot Mm -hmm. of times people have accidents. People have back pain and, and getting on medications that contribute to weight gain from that or not being able to exercise from that, nor having the educational resources to figure out what foods are good. Uh, This is totally a, a side note and not in the doctor's note, but I do find it odd that the healthiest foods are the most expensive so the yeah. most vulnerable populations right. are even too what's uh, what's not specifically addressed in this is that another vulnerable population is is a socioeconomic a lower socioeconomic status for developing yes. disease state from covid and so really providing what we're trying to do at performance medicine is provide educational resources yes saying lower carb is better and lower carb is better i don't know care if you want to go into that since you brought up with that mm-hmm. but if people are listening we can tell you now why lower carb is better it's less mm-hmm. insulin on board insulin loves fat do you find that that's how you're explaining it to patients down in knoxville well um we've talked about my fitness with patients yeah. and monitoring it we'll say low carb is less than 50 mm-hmm. a day. And then, you know, keto is less than 20, 25, you know, so we try to give them a number or a goal yes. a to measure. Um, because when you start talking about macros and it gets complicated, oh, it gets so complicated. Even too, Amber, are there others, uh, care about my fitness pal? I had a patient come yeah. in and talk about the lose it app. Have you ever talked, have you ever seen yeah. the lose it app? No, but I had a patient, Carb Manager was one they really uh, encouraged. And I've told other patients about it because my fitness pal, I mean, that's the one I always had used. Yeah, yeah. And uh, But they said it was very helpful, especially in, um, in 
tracking their carbs instead of proteins, fibers, calories. It was more carb focused. Yeah. And there's, there's another one, Noom. Um, oh, yes. Noom. Yeah. The Noom, Noom coach. Yes. And um, that's supposed to be uh, good. But my fitness pal is free. I think you have to pay for a Noom coach. But supposedly you can eat regular food, but you it just teaches you how to make adjustments, portions, and choices. So. Yeah. And if I believe, if I remember Noom, I could be wrong, but it has a psychological component where you can actually yes. track your, almost like a journal, a daily journal of, um, you know, in regards to eating and your feelings. Yeah. I, it's so, I feel like knowledge is power. Isn't that like a reading rainbow thing? Like knowledge is power. <laughs> you do have the power. And the first thing to, to, I feel like the first thing is to recognize. And uh, Dr. Rogers brings up the BMI standards of mm -hmm. weight versus height. I've even had one patient that was military, and this patient taught me that how it, he like, he actually we measured in the room the chest width, the neck width, the waist width, <laughs> and like and had a very specific Rest. yeah. And it, it's all it seems so archaic and outdated and kind of a crude measurement, but it gives you mm -hmm. an idea of where you're at. And there's always people that will say, well, I know that BMI will says says I'm obese, but really, you know, they're they're just very muscular and very heavy that way, mm -hmm. but I feel like recognizing is the first portion. And I feel like you, most people know if they have a weight problem, but it does become a very emotional aspect to that weight. It's almost like a shaming thing, which we don't like to do at performance medicine. We're not about shame. Shame loves but the thing about shame that I've learned with from Brene Brown and reading her books is that shame likes secrecy. She's fabulous. She's, she's wonderful. And she brings up a lot. Of, and a lot of shame comes from weight issues, but it loves secrecy. Mm -hmm. It lives in the dark. It's, I almost compare it to like yeast, you know, me, yeast loves those, uh, uh, like the satellite lesions of like dark, moist spaces where nobody can see and hide mm -hmm. uh, and it grows exponentially. So you almost have to bring that weight issue to the surface to address it um, and use mm -hmm. the tools that we've talked about today. I, I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this is an important one. I really do. Mm -hmm. If it's not a wake up call for people mm -hmm. to kind of, um, reassess and, and reassess the values that they're holding uh, during this time, during this crisis, as far as anxiety and, and, and mind, but also with body too. So it's something that needs to be addressed. And I don't know if you guys have any sort of tips that you want to tell um, our uh, listeners or our viewers today of how they can start with weight management. Do you guys have any tips that have worked? One thing that um, uh, going back to his interview with Dr. Bronca from last time is that she understands the emotional side of overeating. And like she said, she's lost a hundred pounds twice. So um, in some of our programs, we include visits with her in our HCG program at weeks two and four, we have um, visits included with her and she does zoom meetings, you know, virtual telehealth. And so people don't have to travel, but, um, but I think that's a good idea because people need to understand the emotional side of eating. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm so that's actually that's really great. I think that's good. And even too, if you uh, if you're not part of our programs, if you're listening or viewing from somewhere else, having someone that will keep you accountable and will encourage you at weeks two and four, it doesn't have to come from a licensed therapist. It can come from friends in your support group. Um, mm -hmm. And Amber, Amber, what do you think? What about tips? Um, for starting and, and two, maybe you can comment. I know a lot of people are saying, well, I can't make it to the gym. My gym's closed. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm looking outdoors right now with the beautiful sunshine. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. plenty of stuff that we can do that does not mm-hmm. require being in a gym. That's right. And there's a lot of stuff, even on YouTube. I've been, mm. I have, I was very faithful to a gym. And then we had our first child and that kind of twisted my paradigm. Hold on, sweetie. Let's <laughs> right now. Um, so basically um, I started doing more at home workouts. And so there's so much inform- like not I say information, but video workouts for free on YouTube, uh, all different workout levers, levels from beginner all the way to very advanced mm-hmm. um, with minimal equipment, no just body weight workouts. Um, back to your original questions. When I was with patients, I would, um, depending on where they were at, I would start by saying, track what you're doing. Like if you're going to focus on carbs, let's start by with, with whatever app you choose, what are you doing in a day? Cause some patients don't even realize the amount that they are consuming. And so instead of saying, I want you to do, um, 20, 20 carbs a day, And then they're, they're like dying. They're calling me like, I'm so miserable. I hate you. Not really, but yeah, they can just have a, what, okay. What am I having in a day? Oh, I'm eating 300 carbs a day. Oh my, you know, Mm. I'm going to cut down to 150 for this first week. And, and that's just my personal thing. I try to get them gradually to, you know, then 150, um, uh, then, you know, down to their goal, but basically just studies have shown if you write things down, if you track it, you're going to be more faithful to get to that goal. That's, that's great. It's not like a, Hey, a throwaway answer, diet and exercise. Goodbye. See you Mm -hmm. next patient. Like, Hey, write down what you're doing. Let us know. Mm -hmm. And then we work with you to come down. Knowledge is power. That's, I think that's a really great tool. And I hope people Mm -hmm. take advantage of that. If you're listening or viewing right now, and also just know that if Amber can do it with kids in the house right now, you can Uh do it at home too. I'm telling you, (laughs) you can do it at home too. At home workouts are awesome. (laughs) At home workouts are They keep me sane. Yes, yes. It's just, um, there's so much that we can learn from this. And I feel like hopefully COVID is, we're going to have more positives rather than negatives come out of this. And I think one of them is people are going to start paying attention to what puts you at risk. And for for an infection that we're still learning a lot about, we do know that obesity is linked to poor outcomes. So start today and uh, find your your local mid-level like us to talk to Mm -hmm. or call and schedule an appointment with Performance Medicine and we can always talk to you over the phone and start giving you some guidance on things that you can be doing at home because it can start right now. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, thank you all. Thank you, Kara. Thank you, Amber. I appreciate you both. I look up to you all. I respect you all. Oh. Um, I, I feel very lucky that we're in this very eclectic group of mid-levels and I cannot wait till next week where I don't know what the subject will be. Dad just likes to throw I'm assuming it's going to be with COVID. If it's not, that means it's great. We're hopefully getting over it. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it. Bye, Andy. Thank you. you. Thank you all so much. Thank you. See you next week. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.